welcome to the latest edition of the Jazz Net Weekly Podcast, the independent Rangers podcast, which is brought to you by fans for fans and where the content is absolutely free. It is episode 210 of the Jazz Net uh, Weekly Podcast. I'm your host tonight. Uh, I'm Colin Armstrong, as I'm sure a lot of you will know. Uh, as I say to you every week, guys, it's, it's just not the, the pod that we have here at Jazz Net. If you get yourself onto the website, uh, you'll see that the forums there, friendly forums, uh, full of bears, talking about all things Rangers articles, all that kind of thing. There's a history archive on the website as well. And we would ask you to promote to the pod, uh, sorry, promote the pod and subscribe to the, the YouTube channel. Uh, before I bring in uh, my guest tonight, Eck, I, I think I need to mention uh, Dylan Dykes uh, at Pollock, who who was uh, part of the Rangers Academy a few years back. Uh, he's played with a few other clubs, including Stennis Muir. Been announced recently that, that, that Dylan's had a cancer diagnosis. So, of course, everyone here at Jersnet is thinking about him, wish him good luck in, in his fight. Good result for Pollock last night as well. I watched that. I couldn't make the game, but a uh, superb result for, for, uh, for Pollock. So, well done to, to everyone connected to that. And good luck, as I said, to Dylan Dykes and his battle uh, with cancer. Uh, also, need to mention our partners uh, at Forest Precision Engineering. Uh, they're a subcontract Glasgow-based engineering company. Uh, they've been a big commercial supporter of Rangers for many years. Uh, if you want to find out more about them, get onto their, their, their website at www.forestprecisioning.com. They've also got a, a suite in the main stand at Ibrox, uh, an executive hospitality suite. If that's something that interests you, then you can you can email the club in terms of you know trying to book yourself into that. Uh, unique and intimate space it's telling me here if you want to try that you can email the club at hospitality at rangers.co.uk and also I should mention Zenith Coins who are our other partners they produce the official Rangers Club coin each gold-plated coin has a unique serial number engraved without a rim and comes complete with a Rangers presentation box and certificate of authenticity uh, host of famous Rangers fans own this collection Zenith have also produced a 150th anniversary collection, which is limited to 1,872 sets worldwide, and they've been released in small batches. They celebrate five iconic milestones in Rangers history, and they are the founding fathers, Ibrook Stadium, the Cup Winners' Cup win in 1972, nine in a row, and the 55th league title. If you want more information on that, visit their website at www.zenithcoins.com and use discount code GN10. So now on to my guest, which is Ek. Are you still there, Ek? Because it was that, that was quite an intro. I think we've used up half the, the allocated time. No, I told you. Yeah, just, 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 just keep talking. Can we get a few? Just make up some sponsors because I really, I'm really not that keen <laughs> to, to talk, talk about, about to talk about them on a night. No, uh, but Colin, seriously, just, uh, I'll echo your uh, sentiments there. Very well put about uh, Dylan Dykes. Absolutely horrible to see a young man in the. And his prime uh, been affected by cancer. It really is a merciless bastard of a disease. I think we all know people who've been affected yeah. by it, and uh, all the very best to him and uh, his in his recovery uh, from that. And his team certainly did him proud. Uh, the dad last Aye. night. And his watch it. Have, yeah, I only I was I was kind of flicking back and forth, mate, but. Um, it's just good to know that uh, Paul have got a better record against Annan at home than we have. Than we have, eh? <laughs> that's <laughs> my just... thing, I was, oh, isn't it? <laughs> See, when they were phoning one up, I was like, well, that's how you do it. You know, why don't you know just do this, you know? Ali. Uh, <laughs> I think, I think Annan was... Right, one thing that really annoys me is leaving Ibrox early, right? That's, that's always annoyed me, and I'm, I'm remiss today. I hate doing it. Uh, but that day to be as Ibrox, I left in the second goal, and I, I just had... To, too much eh, on the shite and everything that had happened over the last few months. Aye, that, that, and that second goal went in it and it was really early in the second half. You know what I mean? It was, I think it was like the 
the 60th minute or something like that. They went two and on upwards. I, <laughs> I just told I was, everybody, fuck it, I'm I, enough, I'm away. <laughs> I was deep into the... Um, it, it's just good to have our club. It's just good to be... And after everything that, that, that happened with the, the top flight clubs and some of the first division clubs, I was like one of the ones that was going to stay and make sure I applauded off yeah. every team. If they beat us or no, you know, just... And I even remember, it was, it was the, the, the Greek fallback we had. The Greek fell had for a wee while in that spell. I can't remember his name. But he had a go at uh, this Annan player. And then he hit the deck. And I'm thinking, that's no Rangers behaviour. That's disgraceful. Yeah. You know, and I got up. And, and, and I was actually trying to signal, because the crowd was so wee. And I was in the enclosure at that point. I was trying to signal to the Annan player at the end, listen, mate, that was out of order. You know, <laughs> and I, I apologise on behalf of the club. It was fucking Ali Love. <laughs> I didn't realise this. <laughs> Knowing what I know about Ali Love now, you know, I'm just like, Christ almighty. That's how bad things are going. I was trying to apologise to Ali Love on behalf of Rangers. Aye, aye. Fuck him. That's what I say. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I should also mention, it's 35 years today since my first cup final. Uh, I, saw just, a lot, I saw a lot of stuff going about in Twitter today and it sort of hit me. Uh, I, don't, I don't want to overstate the fact that it's a big game, but I do have the match programme and ticket framed up the stair, you know what I mean? So... Uh, I, I dogged the school to, to get my tickets. I dogged the school, went through really early. Me and my jails back there, Nick. You know what I mean? I know. He just, I, I, he just dogged I the school and queued for two hours. That was it. That's how you got it's, it's the fact in. you were still at school really showed me up, mate. You put it. I suppose that was the 87, 87, 88 league cup final. Uh, three yeah. we beat Aberdeen in penalties when uh, Super Cooper hit that absolutely, absolute rasper uh, yeah. of a free kick. And it's when you put it up the day that was your first cup final. I'm thinking, my first cup final was a league cup final. And of course, it was. I was in the schoolboys' enclosure, and it was six years earlier, 1981. And it was uh, David Cooper scored an equaliser direct for yeah. free kick that day as well. And it started you thinking about all oh, the. I was in the main stand that day, the, the, the day we drew with Aberdeen. My mate and I, um, we bumped into a couple of guys from Northern Ireland, and they were like, We'd tickets to the Rangers end. The old Rangers end, uh, Terrace. And, and they were like, Oh, we want to. Do you want this? We've got these, we've got these horrible main stand tickets. We want the full experience. We want to be on the Terrace. And, and of course, we, were, we had that plenty of that experience. Yeah, yeah. So we were like, aye, no bother, boys. You know, we swapped them. Um, we swapped the tickets. We were sitting right in the middle of the main stand. It was better than watching the telly. And the game that unfolded in front of us was, oh, it was just, a great game. It was aye. just different class. But aye, aye, let's let's just keep talking about David Cooper League Cup finals, mate. I don't like to go to Napoli. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I, I was looking at the, the attendance as well. 71,000 at that final. Aye. Just incredible. Uh, aye, different times, different days. Uh, aye. Sorry, Eck, we do kind of have to talk about tomorrow. We're it's got to be done. Contractually obliged. So, yeah, Group A, Champions League Group A, match day five, Napoli v Rangers at the Stadio Diego Armando Maradona in oh. Naples. 8 pm kickoff, uh, odds <laughs> Napoli are 1 to 5, uh, Rangers are 12 to 1. Uh, you, you want to know something? I looked at that photo. It's probably worth two quid, isn't it? You know what I mean? <laughs> probably no. Draw 72, that's worth two pound, I think. That's worth two or three pound. Uh, but I, I mean, obviously everything uh, is, is is pointing towards another bruising night uh, in the Champions League. But, but, but before we get on to that, uh, I, th- I think we, we need to talk about Geo as well before we sort of get in and out of the game. You know, a lot of... Well, it's, we've we've received some of it as well. Some of the sort of toxic comments that came our way uh, after Sunday's show regarding, you know, we weren't defending Geo, but just sort of putting the case up from that maybe we need to all have, you know, calm heads at the moment rather than being angry and shouting and all that kind of thing. 
got so much abuse that Frankie had to put a message up on the, the YouTube saying, look, terms and conditions, be, be, be nice with your comments. You know, the dust has settled a wee bit. Uh, I noticed Graham Soonis, I, I don't know if it was Talk Sport or something, he was saying that, you know, he, he's really under pressure and kind of suggesting that he thinks the players have, have stopped playing for him. I, that's something I can't disagree with because, you know, just when you look at the body language that's been like that for a while, you just get the feeling. And I said a while ago, I felt there was a disconnect between the, the, the group and, and, and Gio. So how are you feeling? Have your opinions changed for Saturday for the post-match or are you still sort of in the same frame of mind? Aye, um, thanks to Frankie with the, uh, the big pimp stick out, you know, he's, he's fedora and he's big uh, fur, fur coat to platforms giving, you mess with my girls, you mess with my girls. <laughs> you know, when he was there sticking up for us. Um, <laughs> appreciated Frankie, but... Uh, Oh, Aye, he's like, he's, but like any good pimp, he sticks up for us, he doesn't he? Fucking Aye, cares, well, does he? You know what I mean? We, we get paid less than that. It's like, fuck it. I don't know if you know you're like Frank Zappa. No, no, Frank um, he was He produced it. It was a uh, Trout Mask replica, the famous uh, Captain Beefheart album. And they all rehearsed it by being in a shack. They, they all had a way in a shack in practice for about a month. And they were basically on a cup of rice a day, each of them. And if you get if you if you only performing or you had a problem with the, the way the album was going, you get stuck in an actual barrel in the corner and the rest of the band shouted at you. And I thought, that's actually quite a good deal mm-hmm. compared to what we get with Frank. Obviously, I get me on a cup of rice, I get the full, you know, curry beef and uh, <laughs> or the point crackers as well. But I uh, it was um folk are getting irate. Folk are, and I think what happens in this kind of situation, I used to do blogging and all that years ago as well. And what happens is Folk, I, I, football is such a kind of vicarious thing. It's almost a kind of physical thing. And I think, you know, you're, you're living through the physicality of your team almost. You know, and if you've played a bit of fit with that as well, you, you get that thing where you're kind of sitting forward and you can kind of feel it. And it becomes a kind of physical thing. And I think at the end, you know, you're fitting, sitting forward in your seat as your team goes forward and you're trying to yeah, hit yeah. And, and when Rangers are playing, or your team is playing like ponderously, you know, when they're no when they're not getting in about it, when they're not being brutal, when they're not being ruthless, I think as a supporter, and I've, I've done this myself, you're looking for your your pundits, your podders, other punters, you know, to, in their post-match reactions, to be as kind of vicious and merciless and, you know, on the ball as your team wasn't, you know, it's like, I kinda, yeah. I, I'm sick of what I just watched there. I want somebody to express, you know, what Rangers didn't do almost. I want somebody to be it's really weird. Some of the comments we're getting, I don't know, got a problem with personally, but I don't like to see you know, uh, other boys not getting get, getting abuse uh, for um, uh, donating or basically their, their spare time. But I think folk aren't even listening to what you're saying. They're judging your reaction. They're judging the content of what you're saying. They're judging mm. the kind of the way you're delivering it. We there was no way anybody here was saying that Saturday was an acceptable performance. No. I think we almost took for granted that everybody realises, I watched back the, kind of the, the, the wee video we, you and I did uh, after the game on Saturday outside the ground, and uh, I watched, the, I thought it was a cracking pod you did on, on Sunday night as well. Um, and some of the comments bear no resemblance to what was actually being said. It's almost like, why are you no raging, throwing stuff at the screen, you know, shouting and swearing? And it's because we kind of take it for granted that everybody knows exactly how bad the performance was. We also discussed that in great detail, how bad the performance yeah. was, uh, not just against Livingston, but in the last few games and in, in the Liverpool game as well. Um, but it's like, you know, we're talking about sacking the manager here and you have to do that. that although although they, they depend on each other, how Rangers play, 
and how people review how Rangers play, although they're so closely interlinked, they're two separate games. And we have to be, we have to give consideration. It's everybody knows Rangers are crap just now. Everybody knows the performances are unacceptable. Everybody knows the team looked confused, despondent. The tempo's terrible. The body language you say is absolutely terrible. There's something wrong. And we've been saying that for ages. But it's almost like the easy thing to say is, hey, this is shite, it's not good enough. We all know that. But I'm going to just, I'll take this just, maybe take this too far, but there's a problem at Rangers, I think, in general, we lack of gratitude. Um, and I, lo I love the fact that we we don't accept second best, you know, but there's, mm -hmm. there's times where you need to apply context, you know, and I think, and uh, I know I keep going about 2012, everybody's sick of me talking about 2012, you know, and that, that's one of the good, the kind of, horrible memes just now, I'm sick of 2002. What's that go to Davis? Nobody able to beat Livingston 2022. Well, it's, you can't ignore the context here. You go back to the one I grew up with. I wasn't born until 1969, but in 67, we get beat by Berwick Rangers in the Scottish Cup. Massive, massively infamous defeat for Rangers. Yeah. And I would go in the 80s now and I'm going to supporters bus uh, to games with Stephen Smithsonian. The, the older guys in the bus are still talk, they're talking about Berwick and what kind of effect it would have on us. As the years went on in the Scottish Cup, this is the time we're getting to like eight finals in the trot in the Scottish Cup. So yeah, they yeah. bugger all effect, but they were convinced there was something there. But what happened, the anger at that time, at the time we get beat off Berwick Rangers, Celtic, you know, won the European Cup later that year. They sacked, they effectively sacked George McLean and Jim Forrest, the two strikers who didn't yeah. get a goal. We didn't score a goal. We could beat one nothing to Berwick. Jock Wallace and bloody goals. And that cost yeah. us a European Cup winners cup, you could argue. Aye, exactly. Because we never had a striker in that final. Yeah. It, it, it was like they should never play for Rangers again. Their records, if you look at, just look up, a bit, just look them up on Wikipedia, George McLean and uh, Jim Forrest, the record's absolutely stunning. The two of them were just ridiculous phenomenons uh, as goal scorers. And we went to play, we played Bayern Munich in Bavaria, in Nuremberg, in the European Cup Winners' Cup, and it went to extra time, and they beat us one nothing, and we had chances. We played that game with a, a centre-half. Centre-half. Up front, Roger Hines. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if we had won that game, you know, if we had Forrester McLean there, you're thinking, I mean, you don't know anything for sure, but it, the chances are we're winning that game. It was Bayern Munich's first ever European final. It was our second. We were the experienced club at that point. You then, it, you have Celtic winning the European Cup the week before, but it's it would become in, inseparable from us winning the other European trophy that season. Come on, yeah. go to the first cup semis that season. It, it's completely changed Rangers history. You know, it's like they won a European Cup and we get beat. And it would it would it would be doing Celtic fans nuts in to this day, but it would be like, remember the two Glasgow clubs, the two big Glasgow yeah, yeah, yeah. clubs won the two European trophies. I bet those was a big, no, we'd have a part in that, you know, and I think that ended up to be sacked Scott Simon and, you know, Rangers had lost a few the league titles to Celtics at the beginning of the Celtics nine in a row under Jock Steen, just by a couple of points here and there. You, know, you never know, if reacting with this kind of merciless, unforgiving, get rid now, didn't he just affect us? This is in the days when Rangers were just like the team in Scotland by a mile, we were literally the establishment team. And that's Celtic chipped away at that because you can say we went with this hardcore get rid of everybody who's had a bad game in one, you know, yeah, yeah. for uh, one day. Um, so to be in a position where we're still coming back for 2012, we're nearly there, we're nearly there, but there might be another be a boardroom change and a few more managerial changes before we're fully back, fully recovered. We are the foundations built underneath what we're doing just now um, from, from 2012. So it's really dangerous to do anything too quickly and to be too, to be too kind of brutal 
we're all fucking angry about the way the team's playing the new. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm no kidding when I'm talking about dreading tomorrow night. That's a horrible position to be in, you know. But I can take it on board because that's the way it's been since 2012. We come back, we start a new competition, we embarrass ourselves in it, and then eventually, a couple of years later, we're great in it. That's how you get back to this, the, the level we need to get back to. Yeah. Um, so I think we're all, everybody was quite right just to take their time and say, this is a crisis. Let's no react too quickly. Let's try and examine what the problems are. And that's all anybody here was trying to do. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'd agree with. I, I, I definitely were looking at it and I sort of taking the emotion out of it a wee bit and, and actually just looking at the facts as they were. Uh, and, and, and I do think, and I also think, you know, getting to a European final, I think buys you the right to say, well, look, wait until the injuries are back and judge me then, that kind of thing. But hey-ho, we are where we are. Uh, I, I don't know if you've seen earlier this week, Eck, that uh, David Tennant is Doctor Who again. Is that right? But, yeah, he's he's back. So, which is interesting. It's, it's, it's a good thing because, you know, tomorrow night we'll be watching this game from behind the couch like we used to do Doctor Who and Simmons. Because when I look at the form, Napoli's form, you know, the top uh, group A played four, won four, drawn nil, lost nil, have scored 17 goals uh, and conceded only four. Uh, we're bottom of group A, uh, played four, won nil, drawn nil, lost four. We've scored that one solitary goal from Scott Arfield against Liverpool and conceded 16. So, yeah, a, a, a tough night in front of us, I think. Eh? It's, uh, yeah, I, I just, we things, I keep doing that thing where I go, I get wee stupid things like, well, Napoli, I mean, they have the one Serie A. They only won it twice before, both times with Maradona, 87 mm-hmm. and 90. They're looking great for finally getting their first ever Serie A title without Maradona. You know, <laughs> the, the guy passed away a couple of years ago. You know, <laughs> they're, they're looking, you know, they went, I think they were second two or three times during uh, Juventus' recent nine in a row. And they were, they had their aim for it. I mean, Napoli went bankrupt kind of mid, I think, early 2000s. Um, they've been building themselves back up, come up through divisions, and then they've just been get, finishing some close seconds, some distant seconds, but they were in there finishing second place a few times when you events were then there nine in a row. And I think the last three seasons they finished seventh, then fifth, then third, you know, and now they're, they're tap. And they're yeah. like, surely they're concentrating on that Serie A title. Surely they're already qualified, you know, for the next stage of the Champions League. Surely they'll put out the reserve team tomorrow night. And then you're looking at their games. You're watching the like, 17 goals they've scored on the Champions League highlights in this, in this season's Champions League so far. I think they've got 22 different strikers anyway. Yeah, I, think they've uh, got, I think they've got about 40 players who are world class. They are fucking frightening to watch, Colin. Yeah. And, we are, and we are frighteningly bad. And the only other thing is, there we are, we're talking about your first cup finals 35 years ago, whatever means is like 40 years ago, more than 40 years ago. We're old enough to know that sometimes it's right when you expect, when a, a result seems so certain, you know, you're talking about the odds, 11 to 2, 12 to 1, folk are thinking that's going to be the scoreline. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it's just when you're expecting something like that, that you maybe get, uh, you know, we'll all be doing George Square celebrating because we only get beat 4-1. You know what I mean? We might just, Napoli might just have their foot off the gas, you know, because they must be thinking this is an absolute walkover for them. Um, and also this stupid thing. I, mean, I think the last the last case we made for Gio or for the way the team's been playing the last three games is they're so just utterly devastated as I was, as as most Rangers fans were, by the 7-1 at the hands of Liverpool. Yeah, a record defeat for Rangers. 
that maybe they, they thought we can only really avenge this by doing something in Europe. Maybe they couldn't wait to get back into the Champions League, this Rangers team, to try and you know, prove themselves in the Champions League stage and, and kind of make up for it and make up for it only in the only way that's acceptable. Um, but I mean, I'm I'm sitting here praying for a nil nil, you know, and it could quite easily be ten nil, you know. It's, uh, yeah, I mean, the thing is, out of all the performances in the Champions League, I think that hour against Napoli at Ibrox was by far our best performance. You know, I mean, and I would argue we're, we're really unlucky that night. You know, the, 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 the McGregor's had the two penalty saves and the James Sand sending off, which there doesn't seem to be any set rule when it comes to handballs that are hit at someone, you know, from a short distance. Some are given, some aren't. But for that, oh, hour, I, th- I thought that this is the Rangers that I've seen in the, Euro- the Europa League for the last two or three years. And then it just kind of came undone towards the end. So you never know. But uh, We're the bogey yeah. team. We're the bogey team. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. they've scored four goals at least against everybody else. They only managed three against us. And we were down to 10 men. You know what I mean? But no, I'm not. I'm, 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 sorry, I sound like I'm taking the piss out of Rangers here. Um, it's gallows humour, believe me. But you're right. That's the thing. Even the, the game against Liverpool, Christ, we had. You know, we had two sensational moments in both these home games we've had. You know, the, the Alan McGregor double save, you know, the penalty getting retaken, you know, and gets to yeah. save it again. Um, places gone nuts. We didn't ten men uh, by that point. The, the writing was kind of on the wall, but we played, we, we were right in the game, right up until the 85th minute. You know, and even again against Liverpool, the thing that makes it even sicker, what eventually happened there, was us taking the lead, scoring our first goal. And at that point, We've lost 2-0 at Anfield and everybody's saying it was a terrible performance and we didn't, get nothing, we didn't attack or whatever, but it's like, it seems like we're putting the brakes on. Either side of that Liverpool performance, we had 4 nothing wins against the third-place team in Scotland in the league. Yeah. Uh, either side of the game at Anfield. You know, and we went 4 nothing in my first game, losing 3 nothing, playing really well um, in my second game, only losing 2 nothing at Anfield in my third game. It's not the kind of stuff Rangers fans are used to cheering on, but... Yeah. In the big bad world of uh, the, the Champions League, um, this looked like we're actually going, so we're actually finally kind of getting a ha- handle on it. And I was quite happy. I'm quite happy. like, see if we just get through with a couple of points at this group, we score some goals. That's the main thing. Just get ourselves scoring a goal. I'm no, no bothered if we don't if we finish fourth, a distant fourth. You know, as long as we. The main thing is we've done the Europa League. We've done it almost as far as you can possibly do. We're a penalty away if we win anything. We needed to be in the Champions League this season for spiritual as well as financial reasons. A sense of going forward, we need to get we need to get our kind of feet wet in the Champions League again. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just since that Liverpool game, it's looked like we're drowning in the, in the Champions League. Yeah, um, and it's just it's taken us to even then we have actually. I mean, I know the poverty of historicism, Carl Popper, and all that kind of stuff, but we have lost by you know six clean goals before in Europe, and it was. It was, we're just talking about, you said a lovely thing on Sunday about the, the late Jimmy Miller. You know, we just lost Jimmy Miller, part of that great team in the second one, arguably the greatest Rangers team of all time, certainly one of the most revered in our history. It was, it was 63 64. The season they were winning the treble, they lost 6 nothing to Real Madrid in the Bernabeu. You know, a couple of years before that one, a couple of Cup final, a couple of years after that one, another couple of Cup final. You know, the season before that, our previous European game, Spurs had put eight past us over two legs in the Cup Winners Cup. Yeah. So these things do happen. You know, fucking Bayern Munich beat Barcelona 8 Barcelona, yeah, I've mentioned you know, this a couple, a couple of years ago. Couple of minutes, yeah. You know, it, it's, it's a horrible, merciless thing, the, the Champions League. That's, um, but, aye, it just it, it feels that the problem is seeing what's happened to the team since the three domestic games since Liverpool cuffed us. And also, when you were there on the night watching how Liverpool did us, 
it was a bit more than Liverpool just being classy. It was a bit more than Liverpool just being. Uh, it was just there was some. There was definitely something wrong with it. Us. Was a collapse. It was a collapse in the last fifteen minutes. You know what I mean? It was, it was three one with fifteen minutes to go. You know what I mean? Aye. And you're, you're thinking we've put up a good account of ourselves, and I thought we had at that point. You know what I mean? But the minute the minutes the, the fourth went in, I kind of I, I thought at this point I thought oh this this looks like it could get ugly because again just at that point about the body language and all that kind of thing you were looking at the players and think. These guys have chucked it now. They've absolutely chucked it. And you've got someone like Salah who's looking for goals. You know, he's starving. He's he's not had a great season. Liverpool are looking for a confidence boost because they've had a shit season as well. You know, and, and there is an argument as well. I, I was talking about this with someone on Saturday after the game. You know, there's a whole thing of, you know, are we maybe suffering from a, a sort of hangover for last season because of all the games available this last season? We only didn't play in one, and that was the League Cup final. You know, Hibs put us out of the League Cup semi-final. Liverpool played every game available to them last season. So there's two teams with a very similar season last season. You know, they've reached pretty much the end game of every tournament they've played in. And both of those teams are struggling this season. They're just, And you just wonder whether they're maybe mentally and physically short and, and still trying to recover. So there's lots of things to, to, to sort of look at here as to why we are where we are. Uh, in, in terms of the squad, you know, uh, I noticed uh, Gio had his press a couple of hours ago there. Uh, Kamara is unavailable. It was sort of suggested that he would uh, he might make tomorrow. That's not the case. Uh, I, I, I think Leon King's back as well. You know, he went off. Apparently, he wasn't feeling very well. He went off on Saturday. He's he's fit and available. You know, Gio's saying, you know, it's it's important that we show character tomorrow. We're here to get a positive result. So, I mean. I think the word character is important here. You know, I mean, I, I think, think even if Rangers do get beat tomorrow, I think if they've shown a bit of character and a bit more uh, aggression and intensity, you know, people would maybe be a wee bit more willing to accept the defeat. In terms of how, how we're going to set up, you know, I was kind of looking at previous formations in the Champions League and, and who he played and all the rest of it. And given where we're going, you know, we're going to Naples and, and the form that they're in, I was looking at the five-four-one he played against Liverpool, thinking that's that's maybe how we'll go. And I'm, I'm also thinking, I think he made a mistake in playing Cholak in the Liverpool game. I think we needed someone who could keep the ball, you know, make the ball stick, get us up the park. I think he should have went with Morelos against Liverpool. Uh, I think he might go with Morelos tomorrow. Aye. I think I think Cholak's actually better outside the box than than we give him a lot of credit for. But it's if the ball's in front of him, <laughs> you know what I mean. Um, he's, yeah. he's good. At, yeah. He's good at you know. He, he'll have a wee dig for outside the box. I May mean, come on at Anfield uh, later on against Liverpool. You know, he, he'd he, I mean, he, kind of, he brought a save out of Allison. You know, and that's it. Kind of made us feel as if oh, well, at least we had a shot on goal here. You know, all part of this thing I thought I was seeing the Rangers slowly just dragging themselves into the and the, working themselves into the group as, rather than the game itself. Um, that all fell to pieces uh, at Ibox against the same team but I, I think we're going to need an out ball you know and we're yeah. going to need Alfie who I mean I, again I, I'll say I feel totally hypocritical me talking about anybody um, you know losing weight uh, all, the, all the slaggings we were getting uh, on, the, on the comments and so, none of them was shut up you're skinny get you know <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Alfie does Alfie is a professional footballer it's his job to to lose the weight and he looks he still looks a bit too heavy he's had a lot of time to get rid of that I think and it, uh, I, I, I'm questioning his attitude you know uh, but hey if the big guy if he wants away you know as Stevie G used to more or less say you know this is 
what a, what a stage for him. You know, um, we need him to be doing his back to goal stuff, coming getting that ball because he, he get no change at a. This is the thing. The, the Champions League is is a different country. It's a, it's, it's its own country. It's a different thing all they get. I mean, we started off Napoli. The reason we've got the Champions League is because it's because of Napoli. You know, 87, 88, they won the first ever Serie A title, the first round of the following season's European Cup. 87, 88, they drew Real Madrid, you know, in the yeah. first round. So it was Spain or Italy was going out. You know, Maradona or the all-time greatest team in the European Cup was going out and the, the Spanish and the Italians was like, this can't keep happening. You know, first round, we've got to do something to make sure we're constantly in. And it's just got worse and worse yeah. since then. And we, we, we were part of that. We were part of the yeah, yeah, Champions yeah, League. Yeah. And that's what happens. If if you fall out the loop, they don't, the Champions League doesn't care. It's merciless. You know, you now need the, the, the wealth of a kind of... Uh, Petrol dollar, you know, Middle Eastern country to, to to compete at the top end of the Champions League. Um, or you need to like we we do Madrid. You need the entire country behind you. You need you need the Spanish government to be to be digging you as well. Um, so well, you will just get coughed if you're not on your gate. If you're trying to the, the distance between uh, new teams to the Champions League and the established order is a massive. It's it's just the, the, the exponentially the way it's grown since Rangers first took part in it and, and the first one in 92, 93 is it's astronomical. So we can't I can't be too hard on Rangers for no for no knowing for, for, for no being able to cope uh, just now for for, for for taking a coffin. But as a Rangers supporter I can't I can't take the idea of what could what could happen tomorrow night. You know, because Napoli themselves aren't they actually Established Champions League class. They've only ever won one European trophy, the 89 uh, UEFA Cup with Maradona and the team Kareka, Alan Mal. I remember watching it on sports night, the highlights of beat Stuttgart and the home and away final. Klinsman scoring for young Klinsman scoring for Stuttgart against them. Fantastic games. They were, they were absolutely mad uh, to watch, especially their home games. But um, they don't have a big European Cup pedigree or a big Champions League pedigree. Yeah. But they've been in it and they've been getting the money. And they are different level. And the thing that bugs me is watching them this season. They're absolutely sensational to watch. I would actually love to be watching them the morning night, you know, as an Apple supporter almost, you know. But it's that thing. I knowing how good they are. It's absolutely, they have got class times two in every area of the park. Um, and I just think we had Matip and Van Dijk chewing up Morelis because they are a Champions League outfit. That's a they're Champions League defenders, established high end, like European Super League stuff. Um, and I don't, I just don't know. I can't think of an option for us that I have any confidence in because these players are such high quality. Not really quite there yet, but they're screwing Liverpool into the ground this season in the one game they have played them. Um, so that they're, they're at that level, and they're playing at that level, even though they're not established at it. And I just, I, I want Morelos up front, and I want Ryan Kent. You know, two players who we just kind of rely on uh, domestically. Um, but I need them to put in an absolute shift uh, to them, yeah. you know. And the, I think I just go with the same as at Anfield in terms of the in terms of the general shape. But we need the performance to be so much better. I think even than that, which was quite respectable. Uh, Scott Arfield, he was he was at the, the press conference today. Uh, interesting quote for him: uh, "The performances and results have, have not been good enough. Uh, that's on us as players. We will continue to work hard." And have honest conversations to ensure we get back to the level we know we can play it. Uh, when when you read that, you think, well, you know, that's that's positive comments. That's that's what you like to hear. But it, it also feels like something that we've heard a lot this season. A lot of players coming out and saying, "Yeah, we're not at the levels. That's on us." But nothing, nothing seems to change in terms of the tempo, in terms of the body language, and in terms of the general performances. I'll argue again that the results, especially domestically, have been okay, 
but I accept that the performances in a large number of games have been well below what we're looking for. So, I mean, is it just empty, empty rhetoric? Does that sound to you like he's just saying what he feels he needs to be said? Or do you get the sense that actually this team is behind Gio? Because you would have to say, based on the evidence in front of you when they play, it's hard to come to any other conclusion that these players are not buying into whatever it is Gio's trying to get them to do. That's the, that's the biggest single criticism, I think, Colin. That's, that's the biggest worry. That's the biggest um, tick, if you like, in the get rid of Gio camp, you know, the, the, in that kind of box. It, it's a horrible thing to say, but aye, we're sick of hearing it, you know. And I'm, I've, I've spent the last year, as you'll know, because you've had to listen to me, uh, trying to read into every performance, every statement when we don't get the performance. We've written Gio. He was only lost. I think a lot of people get confused with some of the results under Gerard last season. I think Gio's only dropped points, I think, in three home league games. And he's been there 11 months. You know, I mean, I think maybe 55 has spoiled some people's thinking, you know. And what Celtic are doing, obviously, is spoiled because you can't afford to drop many points because they're, yeah. they're, they're picking them up left, right and centre. You know, but um, his home record isn't that bad. And the whole thing about performances, absolutely spot on. Uh, and I think, I mean, some of the games on the book, Walter Smith's the greatest Rangers manager, if not greatest Rangers person of my life. You know, he's like a second dad to, you know, guys of our age. You know, yeah. he's just an absolute legend and uh, just in, implicitly trusted anything he did, you know. And I heard the guys behind, I, I, the yeah, only yeah, time yeah. I really had a proper argument with a Rangers fan, um, a proper kind of almost stand-up fight at a Rangers game, and of course I ended up becoming pals with the guy, um, was a boy who just kept going, Smith, what are you doing, Smith? This is crap. And I, his fucking name's Walter. You know, or Mr. Smith to you. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's, uh, you know, and this was just a young boy, uh, kind of 18, 19, uh, who didn't really remember his first time at Rangers, and this was him giving him abuse for his second time. And of course, we won the league that season. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, sorry, the story of Walter Smith, trust him, and he still had performances that were ground out, were yeah. really, you know, no enjoyable to watch, but it was all about winning the league. He got us there, you know. And by the way, Walter Smith got us to a European final in the following season, he couldn't avoid. This is that time where the club obviously were, were starting to uh, rein it in financially. It was starting to bite. Uh, but we went out the Champions League qualifiers to Kaunas or Lithuania. Yeah. In our first European game after getting to European final. There is that whole thing of every action demands an equal and opposite reaction. And it's maybe a bit of a miracle that Gio has actually managed to get us to the, for a club range of size and where we're coming from, especially since 2012, to get us to a European final. Lose it on penalties and then managed to get us into the Champions, Champions League the following League. season. Mm-hmm. Um, it's unbelievable. You know, it's an absolute phenomenal achievement. And maybe it's now that it's starting to bite. And I can't help thinking, if there is an attitude problem with the player, this, this is why we've got to sort out, is it Gio who's to blame? A lot of people who are saying Gio's got to go are also wanting Ross Wilson to go. So maybe he's the problem, you know. But also, you've got these players who've been there for a while and they keep getting told, if you win that 55, if you win that league title, you'll be a hero. And then within two minutes, they're winning 55. Well, you put out by Malmo, you're garbage. You know, yeah, yeah, I know. Hi, hi, hi. You get us to a European final, that's unbelievable. It like, literally was. We're all saying, we all agree this. Doogie was talking about it on Sunday night. The greatest night of our bloody lives against Leipzig. That was just, hands down, that's just, that's the one. It was the greatest night of my life as a Rangers supporter that night against Leipzig. Um, that was Giovanni Van Bronckhorst. That whole run was magical. I would have taken any game for that run for any other of the you know, 30-odd European seasons I've been following Rangers. One of them would have lit it up. It would have been, would have been you know, a memory forever. Giovanni Van Bronckhorst did that. 
you know, and he's then got us into the champ, and it's like we didn't get us into Champions League though. We didn't win that European final, so we've got you know, what's the point? We should have won the mm-hmm. league to get straight into the Champions League. He's yeah, got yeah, us yeah. into the Champions League, and again, it's like this is pish. What you've given us since then is so bad that we're booing you off the park and all that. I, I don't know. I, that that's why I just I, I feel quite right to kind of just consider this, you know, as carefully as we possibly can before we start urging uh, for, 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 uh, for the man to be sacked, but against that is just seeing the players. It's just yeah. seeing what we're in yeah. eyes. What's no happening, Colin? The tempo is terrible. The, there's no will to win there. And I don't mind that. Like I say, under Walter Smith, that's the point I was trying to make there. There's a lot of times the football was pretty boring to watch, but you could see the shape. You could see the team were pacing themselves. You could see they would maybe only beat a Dundee one, nothing, but there was no danger of Dundee ever scoring. Last Wednesday night against that Dundee Ibrox, we were starting to collapse. You know, we were... We were kicking the ball straight to them and injury time hanging on one nothing we just lost all shape and all confidence and all kind of competence and um, it went the other way about on Saturday we ended the game like a steam train but the way we started it was yeah, yeah. you yeah. know so but there's definitely something wrong and the, the um, uh, Scott Arthur was a guy I totally trust but the way the statements are coming out um, James Tavernier is starting to uh, we're all starting to think is, he must be lying about this injury he says he's fully fit you know, but there seems to be something really unhappy, and I'm getting wee conspiracy theories in my own head. I'm getting paranoid. The whole thing with the the man marking half man half zonal half man marking at corners that suddenly disappeared. We went back to man marking. What happened there? Did did Gio get shouted down? You know, or did, you know, were the players yeah. just no able to do it? You know, it was there's wee things like that when we scored. I don't know if anybody else noticed this. I think we scored the third or fourth goal against Mirren a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Tav had overlapped. To be a, play a major part in that goal, something he's not been doing of late no. to any great extent, and certainly nothing like uh, last season. And he was having an argument after the goal was scored. He was arguing with somebody in the Rangers bench, and it wasn't it wasn't Gio because Gio was standing at the front of the technical area talking to somebody else, and he was having an actual stand up argument with somebody. You know, after he scored this goal, and I've got it in my head. That's that Cherry Bowley. He's telling him no. He, he's telling Tav no to bomb on, and Tav's saying, "Well, look what happens when I day bomb on." Yeah. You know, it's a part of me. It seems to be they're no happy with something. They're no happy in their work. They're no happy playing. Um, so there's something structural wrong there. And I just I just love to know what it is. But Gio's going to be the man who takes the hit if we yeah. can do it again tomorrow night, mate. Sorry to keep going on. I'm talking too long, but it's, it's no, no. concerning us. Uh, final point for the night before before we wrap up. Like, like You know, we're all, we're all desperate for the Champions League, you know, and it's been so long since we've been in there. And, and they know it's a tough competition. You know, there's no doubt about that. You know, after I think it was after the the Liverpool game at Anfield, I done a wee sort of calculation based on the amount of Europa League games I've been at over the last three or four years, based against the same amount of Champions League games I've been at over a number of years, and what the win ratio was at, at, at games at Ibrox, and it was something like in the Champions League the win ratio. You know, your, your win percentage is something like twenty five percent. And in the Europa League, it's something like 64%, something like that. I mean, there was a huge, huge difference. And I was like, well, there you are. You know, that's that's the step up. You know, you're you're going from, I mean, don't get me wrong, we, we weren't, we're not losing uh, a, the rest of those games. It's, it's basically split in three. You're, you're drawing like 30% of your games, you're winning 30% and you're losing 30%. Whereas in the Europa League, the, the win rate percentage goes up, you know, quite considerably. So we knew it was going to be tough. You know what I mean? 
but I mean, when you look back over this campaign, because it's coming to an end now, you know, we've got Napoli tomorrow and then Ajax next Tuesday, and I can't see your European run. I think Europa League's gone as well, to be honest with you. How do you, how do you feel about the campaign? I mean, I'm kind of in two minds about it. I mean, I knew it was going to be tough. I knew we were going to take some defeats, and I knew there was a chance of heavy defeats. But I've got a real issue with Gio. This is one issue I did have have we deal with the way we sort of talking down our chances in the Champions League and you know, we can't compete and all this kind of thing whilst the club are charging a £62 a fucking ticket to go and watch them not compete not being able to compete I've got an issue with that, that that's one thing Gio did piss me off with uh, so yeah a wee bit frustrated you know high ticket prices a few defeats which, which maybe expected but the manner of them has been a bit poor I think uh, so overall I don't think I'll look back Fondly at this particular campaign, how are, how are you feeling? Uh, I, 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 the same, mate, definitely the same. It was a definite smack of the Mark Warburton's uh, Tyne Castle, February, what was it, 2017. Um, after that, after the game at Anfield, it was the kind of, you know, just generally Tav talking about how we shouldn't be competing. I thought maybe something's been lost in the translation. Maybe he's not got the, you know, he seems to have a perfectly good command of English. I don't know if he's maybe trying to... That's one of the things that always worries me when we're talking about getting them sacked. Uh, one of the big caveats is, is it a board thing? Is it a boardroom thing? Does he know he can't get any more money? He's been told this and he's trying to kind of cover up for that. He's trying to do the board a favour. He's actually trying to be nice by mm-hmm. trying to kind of, you know, uh, dampen expectations. But none of it was stupid. We knew it was going to be uh, really difficult. The, the most we were ever expecting for this Champions League group was to get out uh, via the, the Europa League. And even that was a, was a stretch. For me, Colin, it's the same as everything else. Um, Eduardo Herrera, remember Eduardo Herrera, the Mexican yeah. striker who scored a bit once for us. Um, <laughs> was that Dingwall? He scored up at Dingwall. And he just spent about three years on loan back in Mexico. <laughs> but uh, Davy, who uh, sits next to us, um, he was like, oh, so this thing we up there. I'm like, turn down this Eduardo Herrera because the, the, the bit behind me, the main stand, a few rows back, is it's all the, the players and their families, the kind of comp tickets, you know, right. uh, Alfredo's wife and all that sometimes up there, you know, big Tom Stoltman's up there a few times, you know. So you'll see folk kind of pointing Eduardo Herrera. And at the end of the game, as I'm walking out, having watched the worst Rangers, you know, result ever in Europe in terms of scoreline, the worst single result ever. He was smiling. Somebody had obviously said something to him like, oh, big man, you could have got a goal tonight or something, you know? Uh, you could have done better out there or something along those lines. He was smiling to be nice, but I just thought, are you fucking laughing? You know what I mean? And <laughs> I looked him up and I didn't realise his debut um, for us was in the game in Luxembourg where we get put out by Progress Nidacon. His debut was that night. And it was like, it's a book ending. You know, it's just, that's a magical thing we've done. Um, is, it, it, it's been bookended by Eduardo Herrera, you know, <laughs> um, humiliation to humiliation in between times, the, probably the most enjoyable European spell, and certainly in my life as a Rangers supporter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's the way it's been, mate. I'm just right. That, that's the way it's always been. Our first game in the lower leagues, we struggled to beat Breakin City. Our first game in, in, the, in the, the third division, our last minute equaliser against Peterhead. We get to our first Scottish Cup final, it's a humiliation against Hibs. Everything Rangers do. And we're way back, rebuilding the club, rebuilding the infrastructure of 2012. The first participation is an absolute beamer. We've had this great European Europe, Europa League uh, journey of the past three or four seasons, but we forget that our first game back in Europe after 2012 was that stink, that just absolute, just an all-time low, I thought it was then, uh, against Progress Nidacom in Luxembourg. So to me, we're back in the Champions League. 
it's the humiliation it almost has to happen it almost this is just the way it's been you know as we kind of overreach ourselves and then try to build up the foundations again underneath it uh, in our way back for 2012 so it's it's something i was expecting but it really has it, it hasn't been enjoyable uh, at all i wasn't expecting it to be just as bad as it was only against liverpool liverpool was a i i was conceding seven goals it uh, was was just unbearable but that's what it's been like the whole bit, the 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 being queued, you know, Tonics tea cake, iron brew cup, you know, our first involvements in that were horrendous, you know, getting picked out by Alloa after three goals in the last twenty minutes, losing that final at Easter Road on a Sunday to the Rovers. That was there. But then day, we, yeah. eventually we won it four nothing, you know, and a front and a packed a packed Hamden with Tav scoring a, a wonder goal and all that. So we will get there. Um, but this is, I think, this is just something that we're having to go through in the in what should be the final stage uh, of of the rebuild. But I, it's been, it's been sobering. It's been sobering. It has that? It has that? And uh, I have a feeling it could continue to be sobering tomorrow night. But hopefully not. Hopefully not. Uh, anyway, guys, that's that's all we've got time for tonight. Big thanks to Eck as always uh, for his contribution, great stuff. Uh, we were live tonight on Tuesday night. Uh, it's Tuesday, isn't it? It's Tuesday, am I right? Aye. Aye. Yes. Tuesday. Aye, aye. <laughs> but my brain fart there. Uh, <laughs> uh, we were live tonight on a Tuesday, but the, the pod will be available to download or stream on a variety of platforms from tomorrow, including Acast, iTunes, YouTube, Castbox, Stitcher, Spotify, all your usual places, guys. Uh, we'll have a, a preview show out on Friday for the Aberdeen game, and obviously we're back on Sunday night with the flagship show. In the meantime, get yourself onto the Jersnet website and forums at www.jersnet.co.uk. Until the next time, guys, hopefully it won't go too bad tomorrow, but uh, fingers crossed. Uh, until the next time, bye for now.